Good Thursday afternoon. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox, Stan Spivey. We are the Lakewood Sports Guys coming to you from Howard's on Main and Uptown Greenwood, where we got the Carolinas working today. As a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, you mentioned you get a couple of waitresses that turn your way. <laughs> That's kind of how it works out. But great food, the twice-baked potato with the ribeye steak sandwich. I had the uh, sweet turkey on sourdough for lunch today. Absolutely delicious. So you need to come on by, see Howard and his great staff here at Howard's on Main every Monday through Saturday, as a matter of fact. they got big bands coming in uh, tomorrow and Saturday as well. So you can come by and see the number one rated live music spot in Greenwood. I know tomorrow night's the Dibble Cooper and the guys, yeah. that older group of guys that come up here all the time. and They, they pack the house outside, so it'll be... Even if it's, it's not going to be cool, so there'll be, there'll be a it'll crowd be a, outside. It'll be a good day outside. It'll be a perfect You'll, day yeah. to come watch an outside concert. <laughs> come on by, get your, get your shagging shoes on because there's going to be a lot of that going on too. Well, we're glad to have you with us here uh, at another exciting Thursday. All kinds of stuff happened when we went uh, off the air on, on Monday, um, and, and that's usually how it ends. We get done, and all of a sudden – 20 minutes later, everything in the world breaks loose. And uh, we had mentioned on Monday that there was a rumor that they had come up with a head coach over at 96 for the football program. We had made mention of it. Nobody, everybody's keeping it really hush hush. Um, you know, the only ones that knew were the people that were involved in it. And it's like they were sworn to secrecy for the whole thing. But <laughs> then all of a sudden it came out that uh, Matthew Bennett has been named the new head football coach at 96 High School. He previously served as co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach over at Clinton for the Red Devils. Uh, he's been there since 2019. And prior to that, he, he uh, working at Clinton, he was the uh, run game coordinator, the line coach, and the recruiting coordinator at Woodmont High School from 2017 to 2018, so or 2019. So we we went up. The Eagles played against him while he was there at Woodmont, um, and then prior to that, the record uh, he was uh, working as the offensive line coach and recruiting assistant at Westwood High School and Boylan Springs High School as well. So he's kind of made the rounds uh, in and around the area, and uh, we welcome him here. And uh, guys. This was a big surprise to a lot of people as we all have just kind of like, what, what, you know, why would Clinton let somebody that valuable go? Because, um, you know, he's coached a couple of all-state offensive linemen, two of them from last year, but I think there's like 30 collegiate players that he's that's gone through his, his offensive line. He's a whisperer, man. He's a line whisperer, man, that you talk about. It, it's funny because we all had the same reaction. Stan, who we hadn't seen until today, had the same reaction that you and I did. Like, how did Clinton let this guy get away? Um, and then what are they going to do now that, that they've got to find them a coordinator and a running game coach and everything else? But that's a huge hire for a, a team that's rebuilding like 96. And you say rebuilding, but coming off, um, you know, coach left them in a good good shape. But the one thing that they had kind of gotten away from is running the football. You got a guy coming in with old school principles, and he's going to re-resurrect that running game, and that'll resonate into a pass. And you know, before we know it, we're going to thank Doolittle's back over there probably. <laughs> but uh, just that's just weird that, that when we got home, that, that this is the guy that they've chosen. I mean, I you couldn't get a better. I mean, that's why you wait six weeks <laughs> to find, find that right fit. The there it is. The man. thing that gets me though is you reading his bio. When did <laughs> high schools start needing a recruiting coordinator? <laughs> I mean, what are you recruiting? Are you going out in the student population of your school? Or are you going to other schools recruiting players to come play for you? 
Well, we know if he was at Greenville, what he'd be doing. Uh, that's, and that's where it comes from. <laughs> but, well, I mean, it's it's I, more of a run game coordinator, but I would think. But Woodmont was such a new school yeah. back then. I mean, you were just trying to get folks to uh, do – I mean, just to make a JV team was, yeah. was a challenge for them back then. But that's up in that area, though. You think about where, where that's at. That's up in that area where you got guys like Porter and some of these other recruiting specialists that they have at these schools. But uh, just a huge hire for 96 and well done by the board and everybody over there. And and I can promise you these, these students will get behind The players will get behind them and the fans will get behind them. So. Yeah. Well, when they introduced him, um, uh, they basically they asked him, said, "You know, what, what <laughs> what's our scheme going to be offensively?" And um, he is much like Chris Liner and and uh, Jamie Nichols, like Tad Debose. We're going to go by what our personnel dictates uh, as to what we're going to end up doing. And he's got a lot of good returning uh, players as well. One of those being Brandon Mitchell, the quarterback. So you start with there, and you've got a quarterback that not only runs but can throw the ball. And you got a coach that just does this. I mean, it's, I'm telling you, it's a win-win for both situations. Uh, I can't wait to see 96, the offense next year, and what they do. But that's the smart philosophy, Tom. When you come into a situation, I know you have your way of doing things, but if you don't have the players there to, to do it with, then you're wasting your time. So he's smart by coming in and saying, let me look at what we got. Then I'll worry about what we're going to put together for a scheme. And there again, that could take a couple years also. So. I, just from what we saw, I will say this. To me, I, I'm not even – we know Coach Fountain's a good coach mm-hmm. at, at Clinton. We know that. But if this guy can resurrect what they resurrected at Clinton in a matter of, what, a couple of years, Stan? I mean, 96, look out. That's a playoff team again in a couple Let's Look years. at the region that they're in, though. You've got to consider that when you're a coach, that you're going to go and play the best. You're going to play Saluda. You're going to play Abbeville in the process of all this. I mean, that you're just saying flat out, I want to compete. That's the mentality yeah. of a coach, though. That's the mentality of a guy that, that that's, has won where he's been, and he's not afraid to go dip down in and say, hey, Coach DeBose, Hey, coach over there at Advil and the rest of y'all places over there. He said the new sheriff in town type mentality, kind of like a Stuart Young. Mm-hmm. That's exactly his philosophy when he came in the Saluda. I I think he welcomes that opportunity because you think about it. Clinton played a lot of these guys. I mean, Clinton played Abbeville. Clinton played yeah. Saluda in some of these other schools. Uh, so they weren't afraid then. It's now you find your players around you that you want to get, and that's where you see what kind of coach this guy's going to be. He's going to take regular talent and turn them into a pretty good football team. And you know, playing ninety six on a regular schedule the past four or five years has just been probably I, I can see not coach the boys because he went in like you play everybody. Don't we're not playing them on paper. We're playing them on the field. <laughs> we're not looking at the paper. We should beat them, but that's not what we're going to do. And. I'm telling you, and now I tell you, an exciting time is going to be the seven on sevens this year, this summer. Because '96 will be there with Mitchell. That that's going to be fun to well, watch. Well, you saw. Well, you saw what I saw last year with seven on sevens. They improved from that first seven on seven in in the beginning of June all the way through July. They improved drastically each and every time. Yeah. And then not to get the opportunity uh, to play, or or they did play in the Jamboree, didn't they? So yeah, they, they did play did. in the Grand Greenwood Jamboree. So they, and they played well, um, and it just translated into the season. So Coach Owens left him uh, a bunch of talent that was there as he heads on up to take on the uh, OC job at Eastside uh, in the process of that. So looking here at, at what Coach Bennett has uh, to, to move forward with, um, you know, it, it, the sky's the limit for him right now. He's just got to 
get what he wants done. He's got to get a staff in place. That's going to be the big thing is securing his staff here next. And you just you told me something like that, and I hadn't heard yet. So, so Coach went to Eastside to be with – what's his name, my buddy? Ainer. No. At Eastside. Uh, Coordinator. I can't yeah. think of uh, – Wilcox. Wilcox. How does that change that dynamic of a football team now that you have an actual coordinator on that team? That changes that dynamic a lot for Eastside. So, well, Cutter too, Woods if, they could, if they could talk their quarterback into coming back and playing for them, <laughs> come back from Westside. Yeah, if Cutter Woods Cutter Woods. Back, I don't know. Cutter Woods. I bet you that call's been made. <laughs> <laughs> Call the mom and the daddy and say, hey, come on back. We got a little something for you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be back for Westside, but that's just – that's where we're at and – High school right now. Yep. So I can't wait to get a chance to, to talk with him, and hopefully here uh, before May gets around we'll get an opportunity to uh, let him go ahead and get a staff involved in what he's going to do, and uh, we'll talk to him a little bit about spring ball and what, what he's looking forward to and having uh, in the process. Other coaches that uh, did take uh, a position this week, it was also announced on Tuesday that Dorman High School's football program uh, will promote their assistant Head coach and offensive line coach Jake Morris. Um, he, you know, when when uh, Dustin Curtis ended up leaving, he was promoted to the interim status. Now he goes ahead. It's his program to run. With. So we'll see. And, and it's his alma mater as well. He played high school ball at Dorman High School. So you know, it's it, with Curtis leaving to go play and coach at his alma mater. Uh, now we get a chance to see what's going to happen with Morris as he coaches his alma mater as well. And we were right, by the way, Stan. That is a gut shot guy. Mm-hmm. He is a gut shot guy. He's been there the whole we, time. We were wondering if they play would go within or go that route or what, and they did. And that's a smart move. But there again, yeah. now we understand why teams have waited so long to make hires. Um, like I said, I, I sent you the one from Eau Claire that was hired yesterday or the day before. Um, and that's a job that we didn't think anybody would take really down there because that's a basketball school. But they they fill that position, but then they, like I said, they waited till last minute. Yeah, Demarcus Simmons takes that position as the new coach. He was uh, the head coach previously at Calhoun Falls the last three years, mm-hmm. had a twelve and seventeen record down there. Um, you know, they you know interesting fact though about that Eclair job um, or not the Great Eclair job, but the Great Falls job that is now open. Uh, Tom Butler got his his first coaching job there back in two thousand nineteen. Yeah, yeah, so. Then he ended up going over to Wilson and then all the way, what, Blythewood and then back here. So, yep. full circle. And you, like I said, we got home today. There'll be somebody else that we got to worry about. I think it's <laughs> funny, though, that we're talking about it because, like, March Madness is going on. Look at just the coaching carousel that's in NCAA basketball now. You've got four head coaches that have got new jobs. you got to fill them now. So, mm-hmm. where do you take them from? I mean – it, it's, that's why it's March, man. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's March Madness continues, though. Airport football coach on Friday? Mm-hmm. Was it Friday? Yeah. Uh, went ahead and said that he is leaving. He's going to become the new head football coach at Molden High School. Yep. Um, so that opens up the uh, airport, airport job. job. And that's also the athletic director. So, you, you know, you got that one job fills two positions in the process of that. And, and uh, uh, who else? There was one other I was thinking of. That was a big job at Malden that, that you it's know been that, there forever. Yeah, yeah, I mean you would have thought it would have filled sooner, but I think about I think about that area, Airport Brooklyn Casey. The robbery between what's his name? Choplin that interviewed at Greenwood from B C. Um is he happy where he's at? Because Al, uh, airport used to be a pretty good paying school. Yeah. 
And if it's an AD job also, that might be a way you see him move up into another spot. And he probably would have to move out of house. Yeah. He's he within a mile from where he lives now probably. So that'll wonder, be interesting how long that takes to fill that job at airport. I wonder if those are in the Lexington School District or the Richland School District. Well, airport is actually over there, out there by Aiken and South Aiken and and North Augusta and in that area, they have to travel so back that, and forth from there. They're in that area, but I they're in that I region. Wanted, yeah. The only reason I say that is because David Bennett yep. is At the Lexington. athletic director for Lexington County. You're right. So you know, he's the one probably calling the shots on who's getting these jobs at different schools. Uh, Within Lexington County School District. I need to call him. I had his number. I, I'm glad you said that. I might be something to work on for Monday. <laughs> Getting bended on here. <laughs> so we'll see, see what happens. So those are the jobs that filled over the course uh, of this last week. We still have 10 positions that are open. A head football coach Barnwell still looking. So is uh, Battery Creek. You've got Blythewood still looking uh, for a head coaching job. Columbia. Has one that's open, Edisto. Um, Great Falls, we just told you, opened up with DeMarcus Simmons moving on. You have Lamar still looking for a head that's coach. Weird, that one should, yeah, we thought yeah. that one would fill already. Uh, Mullins is looking for a head job, and North Charleston is the 10th one looking for a new head coaching job. Out of all those schools, Chris, <laughs> if, you, if you had to pick, where would you go? I mean, Barnwell's got tradition. Um, Blackwood's fairly new school down in that area. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't mess with the, <laughs> some of the other ones, but I'd probably say maybe Barnwell, especially if I've got a offensive mentality to go back down. And uh, speaking of, uh, Barnwell, by the way, I noticed that they have renamed their stadium, the name, uh, to their legendary coach Weir, who you probably remember, um, from back in the day. He, I, I'm trying to think of how many wins he had, but that was announced today on one of the local sites out of Columbia or Charleston or somewhere that they were renaming the name after him. Um, but I would say probably Barnwell right now would be the job that entices me the most. Or Blythewood, one of the two. I mean, Blythewood's a pretty good size. That's a different size in school. Right, it's a right. 5A school. So yeah. you're talking about 5A yeah. against, what, 2A. Um, either way, you got to replace somebody when you go down there. So, I mean, you're going to replace a legend that's, that was at Barnwell and I guess it depends on principles. And that, there again, the two jobs that we were talking about may be filled by guys already there. Right. Assistants already in place that just haven't made that deciding factor on who gets that job. So, And the Mullins job, basically, with the school district that they're in and the fact that it's gotten as small as it has is going to be a challenge to find a head football coach. Mullins and Marion both. I yeah, remember Lee yeah. talking about them two schools because they're so close. I mean, we came through there the other day kind of. I mean, they're so close together. And it's just like they're – it's like – Hatfield McCoy type deal, you know. If you went to Mullins, you don't dare talk about Marion and vice versa. So, I, and how it was it long? It was two years ago, wasn't it? That that Mullins was in the state championship. Mm-hmm. Marion, Marion was, was in it. Okay. They played Avril, Remember, yeah, Mullins. I don't know. Last time they had a really a winning season down there, but um, that's another tough job. But there again, saying you're at the, you're, at the, you're at the beach. I mean, basically well, the Grand Strand. And uh, well, or you could go to Edisto. Are you go to Edisto? Or you know. But do you really want to get in that mix in that North Charleston crowd? <laughs> I guess if you're from down there, yeah, you probably. I don't know. Uh, you know, because being from up here, a I lot don't of those schools, you know, they them down there, they're building so many high schools. They're just building between the stadiums, church, yeah. stadiums that three schools are sharing. So you know, between between the 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 battle of the four A and five A schools and the charter schools that are down there, yeah. I mean, you're you're competing for athletes. Uh, yep. 
That's, that's your next you, topic, by the way. That, that's where you might need that <laughs> head coach as a recu- recruiter. You're right. And that's where he's, he's going into this next concept right here for you because we've already talked about it. I know where he's going now oh, that you said that. And you may not go. have heard this yet. So we'll see if Stan's five has been reading the news or not. <laughs> oh, <So>. Lord. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, since you brought it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. He brought it up. It was. Now he's going to kick me under the bus. <laughs> These are the pros and cons. And then, no. His direct to me was that he agreed with Jerome on some things, and I, he knows I don't agree with Jerome on a lot of things. So we're going to see where we stand now. All right. Well, all right. We'll start with that, and then <laughs> then we've got to, you know, it'll take a, a it'll take a sharp turn here towards the end. Um, but we're going to talk about it because the South Carolina High School League went ahead and they're exploring the possibility right now that um, of taking the semifinal games, mainly the upper state and lower state championships, and the championships of each of the respectful divisions and putting them under one roof, say at CLA or maybe at Florence. Those are the two places that they're looking at as of right now. So uh, uh, they went ahead and they, they polled the the five classes, 1A through 5A. Only 4A was the one that didn't like the, the setup. Um, the other four classes said, yeah, we're, we're for it. So he's right now looking at possibilities and, and different arenas and getting a bit more information on the topic. The reason they, they got away from CLA was the cost. Yep. However, it could accommodate and is the most likely spot to, to accommodate all of those in the process of it. Um, with the women's basketball, though, it may be a different story. You're going to have to work it around and maybe have it during the week instead of a weekend uh, based on their schedule and when they're going to have it. But um, with that being said, uh, Singleson said that he was beginning the process of talking with all the different arenas that were out there and getting a little more information for the executive committee, and they'll vote on that and look at it uh, come in the April meeting. So. I think this is a good thing where you don't have to spend all that money on three different arenas. You get one arena over the course of two weekends. Well, I still, what I'd like to propose, and I know they're available, okay? You got CLA in the mid-state. You could go to the Charleston Convention Center, or you could go to the Myrtle Beach Convention Center, and Myrtle Beach knows how to handle basketball because they put the beach ball classic on every year. And then you could go to Bond Secures. So you've got let's let's play, let's rotate it. We'll play in the upstate one year, midstate one year, low state one year, whether that's Charleston or whether it's Myrtle Beach or Rock Hill or, or Rock, Rock Hill. Hill yeah. You know, Florence. I mean, there there are venues out there that hold fifteen thousand plus, and I think that's what he's looking at. Uh, because you get to play in three or four games a day, you're going to, you know, the typical high school is probably going to bring a couple of thousand people. Yeah. Well, you know, back-to-back games and people will come and they'll see the last part of the game before their game, then their game, then they might stick around for the first part. Well, you just got to have room to put them. And that's that's kind of what they're saying. Like yeah. Bob Jones, they use that as an example in saying that um, – they had a certain allotment of tickets that they gave to each school. Well, each of those schools fill, filled out, so they had yeah, no tickets to offer, offer. Yeah. you know, during game day to the general public in the process of all that. So they, they, want, they know the money's out there. They want to make that extra money that's there. However, a lot of the coaches right now are saying, we want to keep it centrally located. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, travel, really I can understand. centrally located because if you're coming from the upstate or the low state and you're playing, say, a Dutch fort that's, 
15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Is that fair for you? You know, make Dutch Fork drive to Charleston and play <laughs> one of the Charleston teams or make them drive to Gaffney and play somebody. Make, yeah, make uh, it you know, limestone. a, a yeah. little easier, yeah, a little make more it, challenging. Uh, that's why I say it needs to rotate. I mean, I don't care where they play, but let's put it on rotating by Columbia, everybody likes Columbia because they say it's a central location, and it is, and I agree with it. But let's go, you know, the Florence Center. Yeah, or let's let's play them in the upstate. Let's play them over toward Rock Hill. Let's play them down toward Florence. Let's play them down toward Charleston, North Charleston area. Uh, you know, make it a little bit. Don't just give the teams in the Columbia an advantage right off the bat. Yeah, well, I, uh, It's basically what it's come down to is who will give them a place to play. Yeah. That they don't have to buy the place to play. <laughs> well, ain't like, that was the whole, to you know, <clears throat> I, well, I don't know. I, I feel pretty secure in saying that I think USDA can then make a whole lot of money, except off gate maybe, for yeah. that whole deal. Uh, it, it comes down to greed again, and I, you know, I hate to do this with it. What, what always kills me about when you're talking about the, the playoffs, football, ba- a basketball, we've already seen it twice. These tournaments are sponsored. Ingles is the main sponsor for football and basketball. So you've got money coming in that way. But for some reason, Jerome and the rest of these people still want the, the families and the people going to these tournament games to be the one to pay for everything. You need to, we need to work a deal out between somebody. And I know before in football, you can tell me yay or nay on this. What was the deal at – at Williams Bryce back in the day with the football, was it not was it not given to them to play at? Allowed them to play those games there, and they might split gate off of well, it. Well, I think the the team split the gate. The school got the um, concessions, and then like Southland Log Homes, then high school league got that money. And I mean they got a percentage of the gate and the concessions but and and that and that cost you can look it up the cost the the 5a schools get more money oh yeah and it, it goes on down but even the 1a and 2a schools were getting you know twenty thousand dollars a piece i mean and that's not bad money and they say well we can make more money we can make more money well i don't know if you can or not <laughs> that's what it's come down to but i guess my point is these schools should feel the need to try to help these high school leagues out because yeah. this is where the players are coming from. If you sell a, or, you know, um, or you're Williams Price or you're Clemson Little, you know, Little John, whatever, and you have an opportunity, Myrtle Beach, like you said, perfect yeah. spot. You, you're making a note. I, I know we are in Columbia. Let's say that. Now I won't put your talking on the spot, but I know in Columbia we're making no money because our athletic director can give himself a raise, which. Okay, that's fine. Well, if Ray's getting a, a, a raise, then you know what? See, I mean, uh, Willie B ought to be up for this for these playoffs. CLA should be up for these playoff games. Problem with that is, Stan, is the fact that you may have to move it, like you're talking about it. You may have to intertwine because the girls may be playing. Uh, next year, guys may be yeah. playing. And, and you're going to have to wiggle between them. Maybe that's where Charleston and Myrtle Beach come in better in basketball. Well, and two, though, you look at Carolina. Now, I don't know what kind of shape Frank McGuire Arena's in. Yeah, it's just sitting there it's for the sitting, most part. I mean, they use it, but I saw a what, would, it, what would it take to get it back to 
game day, you know, a it new wouldn't floor, take much. It wouldn't take a new much. floor, you know, a few light bulbs in the scoreboard, check the lights, you know, maybe change out and put LED lights in, and then you could have, you could have a 5A boys game at CLA and a 5A girls game at the same time. You could. That's right. At Frank McGuire. And everybody be coming to Columbia. Man, you could do the same thing in Myrtle Beach. They've got a couple of different arenas down there they could use. The same way in North Charleston. But uh, Just get on the page. But to me, if, if you're a college, if you're a South Carolina, I'm going to throw Clemson out, if you're a, a whatever, it's your job and your duty to help the high school leagues promote these athletic events, these finals. Well, you uh, think you would want them to be there so exactly, that you could get the attention for it. Exactly, but that's where I'm, I don't think that we're on the same page as the rest of this crowd for some reason. <laughs> and I'm not blaming Jerome. Well, I, I'm thinking it's on the college level too. I mean, I'm well, thinking I, I'm, Ray I'm, and, Yeah, I'm blaming the committees up there, yeah. uh, the trustees in that regard. They, they're they the ones that are saying, well, if we're going to run it out, we need to charge – you know, we can't charge it for less than this. We need to make money off of all of this, whereas like Clemson and, and I'm sure Allen and Benedict don't charge near as much no. No. Uh, for the use of theirs and, and in the process. And I think that's where Carolina's got to look at and say, and Frank Beamer's already said it. I think Parrish, Coach Parrish has said it as well, is we want to have the championships here in Columbia. And that's you know, what you got to no have. There's no reason why they can't be here. That's what you got to have. You got to have those coaches there. And that's how I, I remembered originally going there. And like I said, I, I, when it used to be at Willie B, I didn't miss many high school championships. I went to every one of them, 4A, 5A, 4A. Um, I mean, it was just a good day of football. I think greed had played into it now to where, like, if you're going to Benedict, when your team's playing, come on out. You got to get in your car and go home or else you come back in and I'll give you another ticket to go back in on. I mean, and that's where I think the, the the schools themselves, the university themselves, could take all that out of play. You know, you play the one ticket to get in, and you you're good to go. You stay as long as you want. Well, it would the, have to be at a, a bigger stadium. If if the arena would hold, if it numbers. holds it right. Now, if and, you're at Benedict, and you've got you've got a couple of arenas that will hold that number of people, but um, it's just like the year that we went to Clemson for the four A state championship game. We were playing Goose Creek, and all you heard was just how yang 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 about how far they had to travel, and this ain't fair to them. And mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean, it's not like Greenwood was; it was right there in that back door. <laughs> I mean, we had to travel too. Every team up there had to travel, travel. I think, except for Daniel. <laughs> you know, so they gotta have that advantage. That, you know, you either go A little Clemson, man. You go to where the championships are played if you want to play. If you don't want to play in a state championship game because it's played in North Charleston, just call Jerome up and say, yeah. look, we're not playing. Yeah, and that's that's more the parents and the fans yeah. that are complaining because yeah. the kids are just like, hey, we'll we're playing play in a state we'll championship. Play we'll, yeah, we'll play anywhere. Yeah, we'll play anywhere. So, and, and the school district, I would imagine, having to flip the bill for that much gas and probably a hotel and that type of thing. So, Well, uh, but <clears> – <throat> It might hurt the 1A schools, but you get to the to 4A and 5A schools, they, if they've got any kind of booster club at all, they're putting money in the bank. They're putting money in the bank. They could they could afford it. It wouldn't be a problem. Well, it's just like if you're a 4 or 5A school, you're right. you got the money in the bank. Help these smaller, these 5As and skeezes out. If, well, they, if, if they need somebody to take them down to the games, you know, take your buses over there and drive them down there. 
instead of giving the 5A school that wins the state championship, instead of giving them $30,000, dollars $50,000, why not give that amount to the 1A school and give the ten twenty thousand that the 1A and 2A is getting and give it to the 4A, 5A? Imagine the stink that would put out. Oh, then, uh, <laughs> Jerome don't want none of that one. Well, here's the other uh, stink that ends up happening. We got, we got two stinkers, we'll call it that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm on the left, by the way. <laughs> um, this is me right here now, Stan. Dorman High School won an appeal. They got appealed uh, earlier this – or they, I guess it was last week. They have went ahead and appealed the process of – um, going ahead and competing in a uh, Morehouse or over at Morehouse College for the inaugural Throne Hoops tournament that's going to be taking place on March 29th through April the 1st. Um, the executive committee voted nine to two to go ahead and allow that appeal uh, to pass, um, which means they're going to get a chance to play. However, Dorman now is also going to have to give up summer practice days for the amount of games that they play in the event in the process of that. Um, the Cavaliers won their fifth Class 5A championship in the past, what, seven seasons, I think it is. And the tournament right now is being sponsored by the NBA Players Association, and not the F National Federation of High Schools, which the, the high school league wanted it to have that representation is why they had denied it in the first, in the first place. But they went ahead and, and said, yeah, we're going to let you go ahead and play. If you remember, uh, it was back in 2020, um, the Geico Nationals, they were invited to play, and we had the same process that went on, and still no progress has been made. We're still penalizing them for postseason play. Here's the problem. Who would you say is putting this tournament on? The uh, NBA Players Association. Okay, so technically the, the National uh, Collegian or whatever and, has yeah. really no say. So to me, this is when Jerome and the rest of these people, have to, as far as a federation, have to step back and say, you know what, this is a tournament that we're not even going to worry about. How can we penalize you? Our days for this thing. This should have been solved, what, two years ago? Should have been solved. And it, it hasn't been solved. So this falls back to the commission, to the to the group. Uh, well, but, my, my argument's going to be, if I'm dormant, okay, it's a postseason tournament. So postseason's over with. You're no longer, you know, what's the difference in that, going to a tournament like that, and these high school baseball and softball teams that pack up and drive to Georgetown, mm. Myrtle Beach, and play for a solid week during spring break. What's the difference? What is the difference? You allow those baseball and softball teams to do it. You allow the basketball teams to go down to play in the Myrtle Beach Beach Ball Classic. Which you should. What? Why? Why are you trying to stop Dorman from going to play somewhere? You let football teams and in-state football teams go out of state to Florida and everywhere else well, and play. Yeah, and you remember What's the difference. That's true. And we saw a football team. I think it was uh, Dutch Fork, or no, it was the one down. Um, oh, I think it was Fort Dorchester that went down to Florida. Yeah. Um, well, you remember Bobby Bentley used to go seasons. to Florida. Two or three times, times a, a year. year. Yeah. I mean, and you've never stopped anybody from going anywhere. Why are you stopping this? What, what's your reasoning to stop this one team, this one program? From representing you. You're, you're done. They're done with their high school season. They're, I mean, they've, all right, they've already won state championship. Jerome, dude, you out of it. 
this, this you can't stop them from. That's going. what I'm saying. It, it, if you're gonna allow these other teams that that can go in season and go places, and it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's that's what we're all saying. It is, continues to not make sense. Yeah, right? it, it's it's a flaw in in the way the rules are written right now in the, for the South Carolina High School League as far as post play is. As far as, as it goes, because I don't really see it being an advantage playing in a in a three four day tournament. Other than the practice time that you have leading up to it, might be the reason why. Um, but then the, it's a whole new season once you know the summer hits and, and you're back to training again. I mean, I've got it's another a one world. for you. When my son was a senior in high school, playing soccer, we play soccer in the spring. Regular season, we playing. We go to playoffs. The state championship, he graduated like on a Friday. The state championship would have been the next Saturday. You going to tell him he can't go play in the state championship? That's postseason, brother. <laughs> I don't care. And that's the, that's the whole rub right there. there. There's so much. I mean, and basically that was just because of the way District 50 set their school calendar and – Jerome and those people set the playoff schedule. I mean, you would have had a team that had six or seven seniors that already graduated that are going to be playing. I wonder if you got schools like Bishop England and some of these teams that have that Dorn has dominated the past couple of years. If they don't just sit at home saying, you know what, this isn't right. I'm gonna call Jerome. I'm gonna send a letter to the high school league and ask them how they're gonna allow this team to do this. That's where it's coming from. It's the haters in the world. It's because let's just be honest. Now, I, I don't have a lot of faith in the high school league. Sorry, coach, I don't. But you can't tell me these people are idiots the way they act like they are. So, I and if you're ready for, we go head to head with them if you want. I don't mind. <laughs> I'd be glad to go up there All and right. just sit there and talk to uh, them about uh, it. But here, here's where you do a complete year to. <laughs> You turn and, this is for you, and, and just oh, get scree- out this hit the brakes hole. and scratch on down uh-huh. into the ditch is where we're going here as of right Uh-oh. now. But- we'll run off now. <laughs> <laughs> there is a team down in the Midlands. Uh, I'll just say who it is. It's Fairfield Central High School. Their superintendent uh, went to a soccer game, and they ended up losing – or no, it was, it was a softball game. They ended up losing 18-1. to 1 in the process of all this. So he went back, he talked to the coaches, and he said, you know what? If you don't want to play Greg Collegiate for any reason whatsoever, you don't have to. So soccer team did not play. Softball team has not played. Forfeit. Forfeited. Baseball team went ahead and played because they've got a good chance at the region title in the process. And he went on to say that, um, uh, you know, the teams that come up in the fall, they'll have that option as well, not to play Great Collegiate if they want to. He even went so far as to call the principal over at Great Collegiate and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. He said, we don't want to play you, you know, because we think you have an unfair advantage in recruiting athletes. Mm-hmm. And to a degree they do because, uh, you know, one of the, th- the things that they've got that's, that's written uh, in, the, in their um, – uh, mission statement is that they promote quality athletics in the process of all that. And it's like an all-star team is what he's saying. Every time one of their teams comes up, it's like an all-star team. And uh, so, you know, for that that reason, um, you know, there's he's not saying that other teams are going to uh, follow along in the same suit, but Great Collegiate now has kind of been branded 
you know, is having an unfair advantage in 2A. And this is where the high school league has to step in and say, okay, we see what you're doing here with all of this. We're going to move you up to the 4A level and make it so that you're competitive with the schools that you're competing against. Well, see, that's what they did a few years ago. You know, everybody, of course, you talk to any of the people at Emerald, and they hate Bishop England and they hate Christ Church (laughs) because you could always make the playoffs, but somewhere in the playoffs you're going to run into one of those two teams. And it was an unfair advantage that they could go out and recruit anybody they wanted to. The high school league finally, after years of listening to 1A and 2A schools mumble and grumble about it, because Christchurch was winning 10, 11 state championships in a row and Bishop England was doing the same thing. Okay, if you win a state championship, the next time we rely on you, move up one classification. Much like George does, yeah. Yeah, so if you were a 1A school, now you're going to be playing 2A. If you win a state cha- two consecutive state championship net, next year you're going to a 3A. And we'll get you, we're going to find you some competition. But I, you know, I'm waiting for football season to happen, and then we'll see if. <laughs> if, if I don't think high school league's going to do anything about it. They haven't done anything in the past about the recruiting lack thereof or whatever that goes on down there. But we know what goes on. So well, it's not down there. It's it's, it's getting to be all over. It's everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. And, and we know two or three coaches in our region that do it. And you know, when Bobby Bentley was doing it, everybody was pitching a fit, but he kept winning. The high school league didn't do nothing. Oh, they would investigate. Well, yeah, he's that player's living with his uncle, and his uncle just happened to live in that school zone. <laughs> but you don't even have to live in the school zone nowadays. So, no, and and it's that's one of the things choice. about Gray is if you commit to the school prior to ninth grade, you can you can compete. But once you get in after mm-hmm. that first year, you have to live in that district. You do. I you know what I I applaud a team for taking this approach because this is the only way it's going to be addressed. Is if, if if somebody forces the high school league in Jerome to address this issue, that's step one right there. Mm-hmm. If like I said, if we see it come up, but uh, how do, how does a school how does that conference that great collegiate in? How do they set a there. schedule? How do they set a schedule? And they set a schedule, and they've got four five teams in their region. All of a sudden, three of them decide we're not playing you. Okay, we'll forfeit those three games. Where, where, where does that leave Great Collegiate? Can they go? If you wait till like two weeks before, or a week before the game and say, hey, we're not playing. We're not playing. Or just wait till the night. Y'all go out there and they can be out there warming up and nobody's showing up. And then at game time, principal call say, we're not coming. Click. Great Collegiate's done sold these tickets to these fans to get in. They set the concession stand up. They got the players out there, got them fed, got them dressed. And there's people sitting there waiting on a game. And no game's going to happen. Somebody's well, going to get upset. You know, it's going it's it's to be a high school league. Yeah. But there again. It's, yeah. it's, it's approaching kind of where Tom Knox is with, with Dutch Fork right now. You get to where you're so good in your classification uh that, that nobody wants to, to play you uh, other than the teams that are in your region. Well, here's a team that, you know, is, is in their region or could be in their region next year if they end up moving up into 3A. But uh, for the most part, 
what's them from stopping and saying, hey, at the beginning of the season, we're not going to – we're taking a – you know, gray off of our schedule, we're going to go ahead and play somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think and that force is gray then. Them. That force is gray then. That because if they want to play, they're going to have to find somebody to play, play and yeah. you got to move up to play them. You're not going to have your cake while or your cake yeah. and eat it too, let's yeah. say that. Um, and, and I think that's what this whole thing is. The standstill now, that man's drawn his line in the sand, and we're we going to see what they do about it. Yeah. I, I, applaud the, the, I applaud that. I mean, it's, it's going to take something like that for it to happen, and now you kind of force the high school league to make a ruling or a decision, and then if it's not the way that, that Gray likes, then you know what? You either step up or you – you know, I don't know what you do. Well, here's the other thing. Fairfield Central has loaned their field to Gray, what, the last two yeah. years? Mm-hmm. Um, for home games and uh, what uh, – Playoff well, games in game, the process well. of all that, uh, they probably won't now. Yeah. <laughs> they're well, they're going to have to go somewhere I mean, else. They're to building, do. correct? Or, or they're building. They say they've got the field already made. They just don't have the stands and stuff yet. Right. And that's what you need to have is a certain number of seats for your classification for the fans to sit in. How do you think about that plot, that side of it? But that's pretty good too, because you're right. That's who they lease from. <laughs> that's almost. Hey, that's that's pretty funny now. <laughs> that's a whole new dynamic to it. So, so yeah. So yeah. You're you you. Well, like I, said, I had seen a little bit of stuff out, and you, you know where I saw it at, and I mean I I, I well, only was, took it into to footballs where I took it, and I was like, well, this could get very interesting. And then, like I said, you brought the whole other dynamic: softball, soccer, baseball. Uh, and see how things go because, you know, if you can't play for a state championship because somebody will play you, then you can't win it if you don't play it. So you that's can't it. give yourself a trophy. I mean, yeah. well, and, you can't, and you can't go to North Carolina and, and <laughs> Georgia and play teams. You're not going up there. And and then say, well, we should be in the playoffs because we're undefeated. And you had not played anybody in the state of South Carolina yet. Don't work like that, people. I kind of like it. Like I said, I kind of like Fairfield Central's stance on it, and I'm sure I'll get a couple comments tonight about it, about it being. But see, I think that's what happens when you flex and you bow up and you say "big gray," like has been done. You're getting what's coming to you now because if you're not going to step up and play the teams that you need to be playing against, to me, you ain't big gray. Well, well Gray did step up last I mean, year and play Gaffney. Well, they play. Yeah, I mean but, that's fine. I mean, but I'm talking about throughout the. I'm talking about regular season. Play on your own league, but we don't play flex and talk about how In great other words, you move are. Move classifications and, and yeah. be happy with it. Exactly. Well, I mean, the thing about this, and it just like this one says, we're not playing you. How many other people are going to jump on that bandwagon when Great Collegiate calls Chris Liner says, "Hey, coach, this is so and so down here at Great Collegiate. Uh, we need. Can we set up a a series of games with you?" Chris say, no. <laughs> Click. What's Gray Collegiate going to do? He's going to flip to another school, and he's going to keep calling. Well, the only ones that are going to play him are going to be the one and two A schools because they're going to say, well, if you'll come to us, we'll play you, mm-hmm. but we're not coming to you because we're going to make the money. And we might give you a percentage of the ticket gate but we keeping all the concession money. <laughs> and it's coming at a perfect time because, like you said, now you got all these other schools that are going to be your independent charter schools, whatever you want to call all these. So put, now, them in, put them in their own league. Exactly, and that's where that's where it stands, beat me to the punch. That's where you're going. If you've if you got a legacy 
in Spartanburg. And or Ocean St. Collegiate. Are, so. are down there. And you know that you basically should be playing a 3A schedule, 4A schedule, and you're playing 1A, 2A, because you want to win to build your kitty up to where you're, you're finally getting things happening at your high school. That's why that league's there. If you're gonna have, if you're gonna call yourself charter school, boom, there you go. That's where you play, and it's gonna take. It will take time to get it to where it's equivalent. Because I mean, you're gonna have great beating everybody else. That's gonna happen. Because somebody else is gonna play them, and they're gonna get tired of just playing and winning everything. Well, they probably won't. But if you're a regular competitive football team, you would get tired of basketball. You get tired of playing the same X's every time and beating them by a hundred points. But I, I, there again, I. In other words, we're wanting, saying we need to have a public side and we need to have a private side. And that's right. what we address. And right. it, the problem is the charter schools fit right there in the middle. And see, Jerome, and there again, when we were at Fox Sports over there, we talked about this ad nauseum about the fact that it was nothing done by high school league then. So, I, I mean, it's going to take a stand like Fairfield Central to get anything done. It's going to force Jerome and that rest of that crowd up there's hand. All right. So. <laughs> well, let's get out of this rabbit hole right. and move to the Moving next. on. I want to say congratulations uh, out to Abigail Summy. She signed her letter of intent to go ahead and run cross country up there at Erskine. Uh, we wish her the very best. She finished 15th in the Skiza Class 3A state uh, championship meet this past October. So congrats to her um, going up and continuing with her running career uh, up at Erskine College. Also, Martavius Mason, um, who is, what, a three-time wrestling state champion <laughs> in all of this. Uh, he did hurt his knee. Uh, I saw in the paper that uh, they said he had hurt his knee like the fourth game into the season football-wise. But uh, wrestling-wise, he was back in time to go ahead and wrestle. But he did sign a letter of intent to play football in college. He's going to be going to Carson Newman. Good school. Good up there. So yeah. they did. They signed that on Wednesday. So congrats to those two folks uh, on moving on and advancing in their careers as well, big time. I love the fact that you've got Lakeland's players going to what I consider Lakeland's colleges, meaning Erskine, um, like Lander, said, Lander and, PC. Yeah, all of those. I mean, I, I think that's awesome. And I, there again, I think Stan always says it best about where the athletics lie in the upstate ice here in the Lakeland. So uh, exciting times for these kids around here, man. And, and every day we got a new one going somewhere. So I appreciate y'all keeping it going. <laughs> keeping looking on. And then at the high school level, um, some big games that did take place. Greenwood was at home against Easley on Tuesday night. Uh, Matt Murray, five innings pitched. He had one hit, five strikeouts, and zero base on balls in the process of all that. T.J. Aiken went one for two, a home run, and he got a base on balls as well. And then Pat Wood was the player of the game. He went two of three, um, had two uh, uh, doubles uh, in that one and a home run to go, or had a double and home run to go along with that uh, to earn the player of the game nominations. They play it easily tonight, and then they're back in Greenwood tomorrow. TJ Aiken finally getting that name out there. So yeah, it's been a while. We've he, been he, wondering Pat, where he's been. Yeah, it's been Elijah Tiller and Matt Murray the whole time, <laughs> and now you see guys like Pat Wood, who's a great relief pitcher, by the way, coming in in, in the tough situations to pitch for Greenwood. That, that's awesome. And then girls varsity softball for Greenwood. Lady Eagles defeated Westside Rams nine to three on Tuesday, uh, which is a big, huge region win for them. Um, you look at uh, for the Lady Eagles. I believe it was Holland who earned the win on the mound. It was she was the right-hander. Went seven innings, allowed six hits, three runs, and struck out five. This Westside team is the one that's supposed to win state this year. I don't know what their record is right now, but they're – Well, they lost 9-3. to three. Well, I think maybe, very good maybe that tells me Greenwood's that good. <laughs> 
in the process. I like it. Uh, I like it a lot, too. And then the Emerald Boys golf team, they fell to Abbeville 176 to 192. Mm. Um, I mean, that's, uh, that's you know, it's that's that's a pretty good outing for them. Uh really is for, for Abbeville in that regard. They're going to be there, you know, when the state tournament rolls around. But Emerald had uh, Anthony Leap uh, score a 43, followed by Bo Lawrence, uh, Harris Miller, Logan Epley, uh, Caden Parker, Dalton Williams uh, following in behind there. And their next match is today. They get to take on Clinton. Um, that'll be at the Lakeside Country Club over there. Good course, so way. yeah. I was thinking it'd be Musgrove Mill, but anyway, <laughs> I was getting excited for a minute. Say, TK, we got to go uh, follow some golf. But yeah, and then Emerald Baseball, they had a couple of games this week. As a matter of fact, um, I think it was uh, Tuesday night or Monday night. Um, they went ahead and beat Woodruff or fall to Woodruff five to two in that one, um, and then they come back and bounce back on Wednesday afternoon at Saluda. They end up winning eight to five. The winning pitcher was Maddox Moore. Um, the save was Eli uh, Bowden, or Bearden to go along with that. Tucker Meredith, he went two of three at the plate. Uh, Calvin Henderson went two of four. Moore went one and two with three RBIs, and they're back in action Friday tomorrow against Woodruff. At Mike Height Baseball. At Woodruff, yep. of all things. So that's what I've got as of right now that uh, got reported to me as far as here locally uh, in and around the area. We invite you to go ahead and go to our uh, Facebook or Twitter page, the Lakeland Sports Guys. Uh, just look that up and uh, go ahead and add the scores. Or Yeah, we'll keep it rolling. Here. You know, PM us and let us know exactly what the scores are, what's going on, so we can keep that up. Thanks to the guys that have done that here so far. So we'll see. Yeah, we appreciate it. And then we are at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. B-Rad's getting the ice ready for the beer, so it's going to be cold when you get here. I thought it was that it's challenge not, again. I was ready, man. <laughs> I was going to go out, and, out there in the, the back out here and take that ice, cha- ice bucket challenge. Well, the, the question we need to ask him is, is he going to the ladies' base basketball game tonight as they're in the NIT? Look, look. He said no. He said no. He said no. Hey, but you know what? I will say this. and I, Stan's, I'm going to put you on the spot for this one. Stan's the one that got on Clemson women's basketball because they weren't putting their butts in the seats up there, and now they are. But the thing about this team is Amanda Butler's got, you know, when you start a season like we did, we got yeah. Boston, we got all that crowd. These are not the girls that are winning games now. It's not Hannah Hank, and it's not Whitlock and some of the other girls. It's a new breed. I guess we can call them freshbies, I guess, since we call them that in Columbia, freshbies. But they've had three different leading scores already in three games. And like I said, they play a good team tonight in Florida. And, and Stan, what do you say? If they, could, if they could win this home game tonight, it kind of sets them up with a Bowling Green or a Memphis, and Bowling Green's on fire right now. They're like, they've lost like two games. So Clemson's in the hunt, and Stan even brought it up. How cool would it be to have a women's – NCAA champion and a women's NIT champion, all from 30 minutes. I mean, 30 miles. All from the state of South yeah, Carolina. Yeah, all from the state of South Carolina. That would be pretty cool. So, congrats to Butler. Uh, you know, we kind of quit following her. You quit I did. Her. I Yeah. I, I stayed with her. And, <laughs> and so, like I said, Ruby Whitehorn's the girl I couldn't think of. That's the one that's been, like, the leading scorer. But they're doing it good. And, like I said, they've done it without Hannah Hank, who's been their star player all year. So, B-Rad's welcome to go up there tonight if you want to watch the game. But he's probably going to march in to make that money. <laughs> So. <laughs> well, the game is uh, 
tonight. Um, it'll be at Little John. Um, I believe it's a 7 o'clock Seven start. O'clock. 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock start. 7 o'clock start. So Florida Gators, Amanda Butler's old team, yeah. and she left to come to Clemson. They are 18 and 14, 5 and 11 in the SEC. And, of course, the Clemson Tiger ladies, they are 19 and 15, 7 and 11 in the ACC to go along with all that. Clemson leads this series 3 to 1. Their last meeting, Clemson was ranked 22 in the nation back on December 22nd, 1996. So that's taking you back what? That's uh, a ways back, yeah. A ways back. That's a ways back. I like Furman going to the <laughs> dance. So. Yeah. But, yeah, like so I said, when I saw it on there, I was like, are they still playing? And I put it on our page, and the guy said, you got the wrong thing, man. So I went back, and I said, maybe I do. But we weren't talking about Brian L. We were talking about Amanda Butler, and it was women's IT. So I straightened that little discussion out. But, like I said, then we got a game coming up uh, – was it Saturday? Saturday. Yep, and the Greenville. ladies get to take on UCLA. Again. This one's going to be fun. Again. Two o'clock on Saturday, um, and this will be up at the well in Greenville, place yep. where they just won an SEC championship. Yep, it's solid, man. Here, I get, all right. Here's my new girl for for UCLA because I, love, you know, I'm a name guy. Charisma Osborne. She has charisma, and can she score? Oh yeah, yeah, she can. <laughs> she she's only averaging twelve and six. Well, they, she scored thirty six in the last win they had. Yeah. But th- this game will be unlike some of the other games because these two teams have already faced each other this year. South Carolina didn't make their West Coast swing out there and played Stanford. They played some other little UC Santa Barbara or somebody, and then they played UCLA. UCLA kept the game close. At the half, but Carolina ends up winning by six or eight at the end. Uh, Got to so, play defense. That's where that's where yeah. this that's where Carolina basketball, girls basketball, is different from the rest of them. You're right. It's defensively and what we can do. And uh, like I said, we're going to score. We know we can score points. It's just a matter of. I hope we don't have the cold game. Like we had against. Well, we can't because we've got too many people that can score. Yeah, that, you're right. That she will put. I mean, the last game she played fourteen players. Fourteen. Mm-hmm. And, and it got the percentages and, up because we were shooting about 30-something percent for the first time, half. And so. with this, just a little side note, trivia question for out of that number one ranked class coming in, their last game at CLA, who scored the last basket and what was it? Hmm. Uh, that's history. I don't know. I would say Zia Cook, but I don't know. It's a three-pointer. Bree Bill, Breezy nope. Hall? Nope. Thompson. Oh, okay. The, the new one, like you, you said, Freshby, so, yeah, that's pretty good. That's good that, trivia, that, though. That's that, good that, trivia. That's, you know, she that's was right to walk on. She was to walk <laughs> on, and Olivia Thompson. Yep. And the game, the clock was running down, and she had been in the game for about a minute or so, and uh, they got her the ball, and she knocked down a three. So that team finished their home career at CLA with 58 wins and only one loss. What a class. And, and you know, the funny thing is we joke about it, but we say we won't ever see another class like this, but I think every year we say that. And the one behind it Dawn's just bringing the next staff in. <laughs> yeah, she's bringing the next girls in. And the freshmen who are there now, this is a new group of girls, while Watkins and some of the other ones that we got. And haven't Breezy lost Hall a game yet. And, Yeah, they're not used to losing. 
And and I, that's like next year. Can you imagine how much confidence Chloe Kitts is going to have yeah. coming in as a true freshman in January and playing in the postseason? Yeah, that's she should be playing high school yeah, basketball. Yeah, she's been winning the state here now. Here she is now playing. She's playing for a national, national championship. championship, and she's getting playing time. It's not yeah. like she's just not getting any time at all. Well, and and the thing when you get to this point in the season. And this is what is showing up on the men's side as well as the women's side. The teams that can play defense and will play in your face, contest every shot, they don't care about what number's out there beside their name, whether they're a 16 or a 1. They're going to play their defense, and you better be ready. And the teams that are playing the defense are getting upsets. We've had two number ones on the men's side and two number ones on the women's side that went down because of the defensive teams that they had to play. Some of these schools don't. They just don't play that kind of defense. I was looking at the next game after that one. The, the two games Saturday, or Saturday are going to be USC and UCLA and South Carolina, Notre Dame and Maryland. So I guess that will be who we would play should we win. Yeah, okay. and we've already played Maryland played and beat Maryland them before. already yeah, this year. we have. And like you said, VT. On their home court. That's what's so weird. The teams that we can play, we've already played them and beat them on their home court. And now, UConn's is, already licking them lips because they already they licking them lips at UConn. <laughs> so, and, but like I said, Virginia takes a one seed on that side out there. In yeah, Seattle. but they got to they play got Tennessee. They got Tennessee. Yeah, that's going to be a great ball game. Is one of those teams. Yeah, similar to Carolina. That's long and plays defense. I don't know if Virginia Tech's played anybody that can play the defense like Tennessee will play. I mean, they're going to beat and bang and I don't know. It'll be a good ball game. I just I think it's funny how it always sets back up and Gino's got his nose still in the damn pot at UConn. <laughs> we still may have to play him again. So I and and I guess that's what I guess that the nation would want to see another Gamecock Connecticut game in a, in a Sweet 16 or something. So I'll be pulling for Ohio State. I don't go for them off. I it. think Connecticut's got a tougher, <laughs> tough road to hold. They do, and like that. I said, but you know they've done pretty well. I, I was really surprised that they they beat Baylor the way they did. Uh, you know, over the weekend, yeah. that surprised me a little bit to win that game by twenty one points. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I like I said, I think the I know the East up there toward the Boston area won't see a Gamecock and UConn Husky matchup, which you know. I'm, I'm all right with it, too. Let's go. Well, what would this be, round five? <laughs> well, we played them at home this yeah. year and beat them at home. We played them up there last year. I mean, everybody, everybody, you know, the teams that are still in the deal, a lot of them we played on their home court, just like Ole Miss. We had to go out there. Now, we they did take us to overtime, but we did beat them on their home court. The only, I think, exception that was Tennessee did come to us. I say everybody's talking about, you know, they're not at CLA. They're not. I'm gonna tell you what, they're not at CLA, but they're at Bon Secours, which is how far it's stand. So you think we're gonna, we're not gonna pack the house up at Bon Secours? I mean, come on, people. This is a home <laughs> game. Like Tom says, they were just there. You know, <laughs> they just want to yeah, go and played three or four ball games. So, Stan, you get your ticket yet? You said you're gonna get your ticket. Uh, 
Now that now that wedding's over, <laughs> you can take B right up there if you I'm, want to. So. I'm gonna start drop him off on Clemson. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my hat and start collecting money on the side of the street. I guess. <laughs> Just call Dawn. I'm gonna call Ray since he got a raise. Maybe he can take us down there. Let's see what happens. All right. Uh, also, Gamecock football got underway with their spring practice this week. They hit the field again today. So uh, later on tonight, I'll see if I can't get uh, a little bit of a presser from that as well uh, later on tonight. But USC is granting access to players on both sides of the ball as of right now. And on Monday, we got to hear from uh, Stone Blanton, uh, Terrell Dawkins, um, O'Donnell Future, Mo Kaba in the process of all that. And all of them are just croning about how good that defensive line is this year already compared to where they were last year. Same Blanton, as of right now, he needs to worry about baseball. You get, you keep hitting the ball and playing outfield, son. We know you're going to be a great defensive back at Carolina. but um, And that's just a tribute there again to Tanner and the rest of those guys, Kingston, uh, Beamer, from letting them play more than one sport. I, I think that's cool, and I think that was one of the conditions of Stone Blanton coming to South Carolina. Uh, so uh, what I like about this year, and, and this could be Dowell Loggins, let me get it right, as the new OC. There I love what he said. He said, ain't nobody got a down spot yet. You're going to earn your spot on my foot, on my offensive side of this team. I like that about him. That means that, that Spencer driving that $90,000 truck down 25 or whatever or 26 <laughs> up there at the interstate, son, you got to come back and you got to eventually earn your spot back at quarterback. Luckily, he doesn't have a lot of competition, but what that does for Luke Dowdy is say, you know what, I ain't going for this team yet. I'm coming out in spring practice, and I'm going to show somebody that I want that starting job, and that's what we needed at Carolina, that we didn't have as an offensive coordinator. Maybe I was wrong about this hire, and I will eat the crow as soon as it starts to roll, but I love to see what we're doing now. You're still going to have a good coordinator up at Clemson. Don't worry. <laughs> Riley's the real deal at coordinator, though. So. Well, and, and they continue to roll on. They had their first uh, scrimmage, what, uh, Thursday or Friday last week at the yeah. end of the week. So Both teams are yeah. – I mean, it's exciting, though, Tommy, because you got a whole different perspective. And where did uh, Struder went? Struder went somewhere. Struder went to Georgia. He did he go is, to Georgia. He's, uh, he's off the field. Uh, he's an analyst now. Yeah. Yeah. He's an analyst. So, uh, there again, good pickup. For, I mean, good job for him. I mean, it, there's just been a lot of – are you? Are, while we're talking about it, we've got two ACC coaches' jobs that have been done. Damon Stoudemire is at Georgia Tech, and Adrian Autry is at Syracuse with Beheim calling Being it. Gone. So that's a that solid. Was a quick hire, boy. So, well, I think Damon Stoudemire was one of those that you know why he got hired for that job. I mean, for that name, being an NBA guy like he was. But I think that kind of helps Georgia Tech in the long run. So, you know, like we were talking about coaching changes. I mean, there's already been two or three. I know Cooley took the Georgetown job and. And now somebody's got to take the Providence job, which is a great job. And then the, the kid that was at Fairleigh Dickinson, of course, he took the um, job he gets, Dan. What He took the job at, um, oh, man, Andrew, Toby Anderson's his name. He coached Fairleigh Dickinson, that team that beat Purdue that hurt my feelings. Yeah. But he got, he's got a new job. He got the job at St. John's. So. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of changes. So, in right, Patino, Patino goes yep. to – Patino uh, comes – yeah, Patino. Goes Seat back. Home. No, he goes to St. John's. That's, that's where he went. Yeah. So, uh, Toby Anderson went to Iona, where Iona, he was. Where he and was, then today, yeah. one of the fun ones in the tournament was the coach at Penn State. He's the new head coach at Notre Dame as of this morning. So, wow. ACC gets another pretty good, pretty good basketball coach. But that's three coaching changes in the ACC since the tournament started. That's a lot well, to take every, in. Well, everybody looking at the schedule this year, everybody said that the ACC was down this year. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
were they the blue bloods in the league? Yeah, we can say they were because Notre Dame, um, North Carolina didn't even make the NCAA tournament. Duke made it as what a six seed, which is unlike Duke. Mm-hmm. So um, and won a, won a game. I give them yeah, credit for that. And, so. But there was nobody else around, you know, to say hey. And so we're I'm talking about for, for B-Rad, uh, Armando Bacot is coming back for his 19th year at North Carolina, which is phenomenal within itself. So I, I guess he didn't feel like he could make it on that pro level of B-Rad. <laughs> so he's coming back to North Carolina for another year. So I guess Herbert Davis probably put a little money in the pocket on that one. But <laughs> to me, he was a guy that just he, – he didn't play this year. So, I mean, I, I guess he does have a lot to prove since he didn't play this year. But I think North Carolina's going to be one of those teams where Davis is going to take a lot of ribbon for turning an NIT down. Uh, because I think as a school, you, I know you get used to playing in the big dance and continually go to the big dance. But just because you have a bad year and you don't, and then you turn everything down. I'm kind of like Willie said coming home the other day. I'd almost like the NCAA, the big dance, and say, you know what? I don't want you next year. You wouldn't take what we offered you last year. You stay in North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Play somewhere else. And uh, so we'll see how it goes. But anyway, a lot of coaching changes. We, we, we started with high school. We ended with, with uh, college. So. Yeah. Well, uh, before we end up getting out of here, I want to make mention, too, that Clemson uh, continues to grow a little bit with the young team that they've got. They got by Winthrop um, thanks to a walk-off home three-run shot, 8-5 uh, to five, that win as uh, Canera uh, hits that shot. And then they end up beating uh, Kennesaw State 6-2. Um, to two. Kennesaw State had all kinds of miscues that went on in that game. Uh, so a big victory for them. And um, – Without saying another word, South Carolina takes uh, their second loss of the season. They lose uh, their, what, that 11-game winning streak comes to an end, so they get to start a new one. Uh, But you and I said on Monday that this was going to be a tough ballpark. You're going – I mean, this – it it may be 400 out to that center field, but it plays a lot smaller than it is. Well, it's 400 out there, but you got to think that wind coming off, it's not – it's not really Ayers' ballpark. I mean, it should be, but it's not. But I I watched – the first couple of innings of that game, and the Carolina pitcher, a freshman from mm-hmm. the north, from the Charlotte area, he got rattled by the umpire because he threw some pitches that I'm sitting there like, if That's that close. wasn't a strike, <laughs> if that wasn't a strike, it wasn't high, it wasn't low, it wasn't inside, it wasn't outside. What do you call it? And then they had the one play; they got some netting along the foul lines. Foul ball's hit. Carolina first baseman goes over, catches the ball, and his glove hits the netting. They say, no, it's just a foul ball because he got into the netting. Kind of weird, you know. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it sounds like it was a full moon or something. Like that, you know, <laughs> it was it, a full oh, It, it had yeah, to be. Because yeah, yeah, that wasn't the only play that I thought was just crazy, but, though, because I played on baseball to know. If I'm if I'm chasing a, a ball and it's in power to where I had in left field and I catch it and I catch it in play and go over the rail, it's an out no matter what. Yeah. So, to me, the right. netting has nothing to do with it to catch right. it made first. Now, I think that ball, was the argument. If the so. ball hits the net oh, first, yeah, yeah we all that's, understand That's fine, that. yeah. But it was – He clearly caught it, and then he hits the net. Yeah, that's yeah. why I was kind of – that was kind of what they um, – they had the words egregious that he used. <laughs> yeah. And Mark Kingston didn't do anything about it. Now, Martin Lee was having a, a heart, a heart attack, attack on the sideline. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, but you're going to lose those midweek you are. games. And you just you, – Because you you're playing good teams. Up. That's the well, thing. I mean, Well, you're still number 11 in the country. You're oh, yeah. 20 and 2. And you just set out 
you just had your first conference series of the season. And you swept you go, that. You yeah. swept that with, that was two, a road. with two of those games being stopped by the new 10-run rule that they got in baseball mm-hmm. this year. If you're leading by 10 at the end of the seventh game over. And so the second and third games ended We're done. like that. We're done. Well, the thing, I think the thing is about what he just brought up is I think that's a, a concept that you're going to see this year. Because I think these Yardcocks, as they have been calling themselves for a couple of years, this is a real Yardcock team. They they don't necessarily go to the plate focusing on that home run, but when they got players in position to score, they're not worried about that single. If they, They're they worried about getting that guy moved over, and if it goes out, all well and good. And these boys got the power to get it up and out. And so I think it's not really a home run mentality. It's just they're just trying to get the runs around and scored, and I'm, that's just a new concept to, to look at. Yep. All right, and then uh, condolences to the family of the Robinsons. Uh, a great lady passed away this past Sunday, uh, Miss Louise Robinson, 58 years old. But, boy, she played a major impact in and around uh, Greenwood and Greenwood County uh, as well. Not only has she evolved musically in a lot of great things, she had a, a velvet voice um, that American Legion Baseball, she used to sing the national anthem when we were there uh, just about every single night. And matter of fact, I told her, I said, if you can't make it, just send me a recording of it. So I still have that recording of Miss Louise Robinson uh, singing the national anthem that uh, there's nobody that does it better. Um, she's just a great person, willing to do anything. She was a big factor over at the Burton Center. Loved those kids and what she was doing there. She was at the Railroad Center, uh, very active in church and music in and around uh, not only Greenwood, but also the state of South Carolina. Well, it wasn't so, she, by the way. Yeah, but what a, you know, a, a great loss um, uh, with her passing away this past Sunday uh, in the process. But she, funeral services are going to be tomorrow, 11 a.m. at the Little River Multicultural Center, uh, followed by the burial at Dunn Creek Baptist Church Cemetery. Um, you know, the, the family's requesting right now that condolences and expressions of love be sent uh, to the residents at 138 uh, County Village Court in Greenwood. Uh, and in lieu of flowers, please send love donations to the Little River Multicultural Complex, if you can do that. Awesome. To go along with it. But she will be missed, uh, gratefully missed. I'll tell you what you send Ty Bonds now, because that's the way I would start the Legion Ball this year is with her singing that anthem. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, we wish you all the best as well. Come on by. See B-Rad here getting ready. He's getting everything set up. The beer is going in. Well, I was going to the bottom. He's bringing the cold <laughs> stuff out first and putting the warm stuff at the bottom of it. So you get the 32-degree the ice-cold beer that's going to be making its way here for the happy hour as they get underway. We wish you all the best. Get out and support your teams. He's Chris Cox. That's Dan Spivey. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.